It's an honor to get a chance to stand again. And uh, I think it's rained all day long. And I know y'all didn't come down here to get wet. But uh, now if the Spirit wants to rain, I say let it pour. Yeah, that's right. Uh, if it wants to get me wet, that, that'll be fine. Uh, appreciate that wonderful singing, too. Uh, I love that. Uh, before I get started, somebody else is going to bless you tonight. My daughter's going to stand and give us a Bible verse. Yeah, I think yeah, uh, they asked her earlier, and I. <laughs> no, just stand up right there. It'd be fine. She gets real nervous, and this is real hard for her to do, but I wanted her to have the opportunity to do it. Because they ain't one of us that don't get nervous in front of a crowd. <laughs> Amen. 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 Yes. Amen. And I encourage you to live by that. Yes. Yes. Amen. I see. Let me find my glasses here. Uh, well, I'd studied on what the Lord would want me to speak on, and I, I won't keep you drill long tonight, but uh, He's led me over to Acts chapter 11. Y'all want to turn over there? And uh, I know I probably worrying out talking about Paul, but tonight we're going to change characters. We're going to talk about Peter a little bit. And uh, Peter was not an ignorant man. He got in trouble a lot, but he was not an ignorant man. He he knew, you know, he knew the law. He knew uh, what the Lord had taught him. But uh, there were some times that he'd get himself in trouble. But uh, I'm not going to say Peter got himself in trouble in this, this part here, but he, he just didn't understand because of his raising and what he was taught and what he knew because the Lord himself, Jesus, taught him this. He knew this because God taught him this. Yeah. And uh, we come to the point here where God's going to tell him something else. After he done told him, see, Peter, do, the, do it this way, he's going to tell him, now I want you to do it this way. Can God do that? God can do that, can't he? He's the only one who, you know, considering this and, and the scriptures, he's the only one who can tell you, okay, wait, we're going to, a little bit of change here. So, but anyways, we're going to look at this tonight. And uh, like I said, I won't, I won't keep you drill long. Just a short lesson, but uh, uh, a, a big encouragement and looking at the scriptures. But Romans, uh, or sorry, Acts 11, uh, starting with verse 1, it says, uh, And the apostles and brethren that were in Judah heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. Now, now earlier in chapter 10 here, uh, Peter uh, experiences something. God comes down and, and shows him something. And now we're going to see what the Jews are, are confronting Peter with here. But, um, and when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision, which those were, that were under the law, uh, contended with him, in other words, disputed, saying, Thou uh, wentest into uh, men uncircumcised and didst eat with them. They want to know what this is about. Peter, you, you know better than that. What, what are you doing? So Peter says, But Peter uh, rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them, saying, I was in the city of Joppa, praying, 
and in a trance I saw a vision, a certain vessel descending, as it had been a great sheet let down from heaven by the four corners, and it came even to me, upon the which when I had fastened my eyes, I considered and saw four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And I heard a voice say unto me, Rise, Peter, slay and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered into my mouth. What's he talking about? He's talking about the law, right? Certain things you could eat, certain things you couldn't eat. But the voice answered me again from heaven, and uh, what God hath cleansed, that call thou not uncommon. And this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into the heavens. So let's, let's pray. Lord, we want to give you thanks tonight, and uh, consider it, uh, Lord, an honor to stand. Lord, we know that of ourselves we've done nothing worthy. Lord, that we might be called your ministers or sent out to teach your word. But it's through and by what you have done for us. Yes. And we take this, Lord, with honor. We stand, Lord, before this congregation, Lord, to magnify you, Lord, in, in your name. I pray that you receive all glory through this and what little bit that we can do, what little bit that we can say. And uh, just want to be obedient, Father, to your will. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So... So something happened here. And I'm going to put it, I guess, I usually say I'm going to put this in my hillbilly terms. Because some, something happened here. Because here we have Peter who watched and kept the law. He, he grew up under Israel. And Israel, you know, enforced the law. Jesus even said, keep the law himself. But then here Peter sees this vision and then here's all these uh, creatures here let down, and Peter's looking at them, and then he hears a voice saying, you know, slay and eat. So I'm going to put this in my own terms. God's making a big stew. Peter's smells something good. He's like, oh, man, that smells good. What are you doing? He said, well, I'm, I'm making you something, Peter. Come here. It's my own recipe. He says, I got you a table set. And there's your bowl. I want you to sit down and eat. Well, that smells awful good, Lord. What, what is that? And Peter goes over and God dips him a little bit out there in the bowl. And Peter's looking at it. And he's like, uh, wait a minute. Is that crawdad tails in that? Oh, wait a minute now. I, Lord, I think that's pork. What, what are you feeding me? Peter's like, no, 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 Lord. This must be a trick question here. No, I, nothing unclean or common has ever ended in my mouth. I, I'm, I'm not going to eat that. So Peter has another vision. God's stirring the stew again. Peter's like, what? Smells good. Come here, Peter. Have a seat. Sit down and eat. I'm fixing you something. It's my own recipe that I'm making. 
Peter's like, oh, well, it looks and smells good. But wait a minute now. One more time. Lord, I'm not going to eat that. Nothing unclean or uh, common has ever entered into my mouth. I'm not going to eat that. All Peter knew was the law. And who told him to keep the law? Who set up the law? God did. Did he not set up the law? Did not God himself say, eat this, but don't you eat that? And then now here's God setting something out in front of Peter that he done told him not to eat. So what's the problem with this? There's a change, right? There's a change. Yeah. Clear to see. God said, don't eat it, but now he said, eat this. So there's a change that's happening. And Peter's right here in the middle of Acts. We, we're already past the cross. Christ already went through the cross. Now Peter's out teaching, and all of a sudden he sees this vision, and God's saying, eat. Something that circumcision don't eat. Something that those that are under law don't eat. They don't sit with Gentiles, and they don't eat things that Gentiles eat. But God's saying, Peter, eat. What I've made clean is clean indeed. Now I want you to look at something. Because it's plain to see there's a change here, right? Somehow or another, something changed, but Peter's like, okay, what's brought this on? I mean, Peter, he witnessed the cross. He witnessed the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He heard all the teaching and everything. He went to Pentecost and he preached and 3,000 Jews got saved. But no Gentiles, because there weren't no Gentiles there, was he? You know why? That was a feasting time for the Jews. And Jews can't eat with Gentiles. Just came out of there, didn't he? And now God's saying, <clears throat> Peter, sit down and eat this. That's different. <laughs> So when I came up on this, I was like, man, that's pretty different there. Because God said, don't eat it. Now he said, eat it. So there has to be something going on, right? There's something going on right here. What in the world is happening? Peter must be thinking, why are you telling me this, Lord? Why, why the change? Turn your Bibles back to Jeremiah 31, 31. Something is happening here with Israel. What, what is going on? Let's look back here and see what happens. All right, if you found your place, Jeremiah 31, 31. Here's what it says. Behold, the day comes, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I had made with their fathers in the days, or in the day that I took them uh, by the hand and, and bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant uh, they break. Although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law into their, in their inward parts, and I will write them in their hearts. Yes. And I will be their God, 
and they shall be my people. Hallelujah. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. Wow. Okay. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, and I will forgive their iniquities, and I will remember them no more. So, so, way back here, huh? Well, God is already saying, I'm going to give Israel a new covenant. It's almost like he already knew about that somehow, you know? That's right. It's almost like somehow or another God already knew about that. Like maybe it was already planned or something, you know? Amen. Because it was. I said I wasn't going to say anything about Paul. Paul said it's planned from the beginning. So, that's a change, wasn't it? That went, yeah, it was a change. The old covenant, new covenant, that's a change. Okay? So, we understand that this new covenant has been set into effect because Christ changed a lot of things. Remember that adulterous lady that they supposed to killed right there under the law? They should have killed her. But Jesus said he, let he without sin cast the first stone. Didn't he? Changed that. That one got to walk away. She should have been dead and killed right there, according to the law of Moses, but she got to walk away and go home to her family. Or ever who she made her family. <laughs> but Jesus said, go and sin no more. Right. So we see then that God is, was going to do a change. He was going to do a change. Now, now I want you to look a little bit closer at what, what it said there because it said, I'm going to save Israel to the uttermost, from the least of them to the greatest. Okay, he hasn't quite done that yet now. If we look at Israel over today, they're pretty straight. Right? But he's showing Peter something here in the scriptures of change because Christ did establish it. But the effect of it, we're still waiting on. We're still waiting on that effect. Now, that's going take you a little bit of Bible study to get there, but, but it's going to happen. So when we go over to Hebrews, we start reading over there, What's it say? I found one word in there that just keeps repeating itself. Better. Who's it talking about? Hebrews. Okay, who's he? Hebrews. Give me a minute here. Hey. Oh, yeah, I was talking to the Hebrews. That book's written about the Hebrews. Who's the Hebrews? Israel. So what word keeps repeating in there? Better. Better covenant. Better sacrifices. Better, better, better. And you look at that and it just keeps saying better. Better things. Better for Israel. And what's it talking about? You go over to Roman 8. Or, sorry, to... <laughs> Hebrews 8, 9, 10, 12. Talk about a new covenant that God's going to establish with Israel. So, but Peter here is, he's not, he's not quite getting it though. How is it that Gentile, I think God, can, <laughs> can be brought in or can be, you know, received? You see how I had when you went to Cornelius. Received as well as we did. Yeah. And the gifts came down on him. Just, just like he, that God gave us the gifts there at Pentecost, here the gifts came down on, on these Gentiles. Now, Cornelius, he worked uh, through the benefit of the Jews. He was a, he was a Gentile. But he, he, he remembered what, it said, what God said to Abraham about, uh, I'll bless them that bless you, and I'll curse them that curse you. Right. So he remembered that. Right. He knew that. So he worked in their favor. And what, what happened? He got blessed by it. Even though he was a Gentile, he got blessed by it. 
So as soon as Peter's done here, he goes out to the steps out there, and there's some men standing out there. <clears throat> Peter, we need you to come with us. And when Peter finds out he's going to a Gentile, oh, my goodness. And then he starts thinking back on that stew. And then things start to click. See, Peter ain't ignorant. He's putting it together. That's what that vision's about. God wants me to go to the Gentiles, to something uncommon and unclean. And what happens? He goes down there, and the whole crew there gets saved and gives their life to, to God. He said they received it as well as we received it. Yes. And then the gifts fell on them. That wasn't supposed to happen to a Gentile. The gifts fell on them? Because that's prophesied back here in the Old Testament about Pentecost when the gifts would come down to the guys. That's, that's a sign of the, the Messiah had come. Huh. And now here's God turning it over to them. Wow. Ain't, ain't that amazing, though? Yeah. Yes, yes. You know what happened there, though? The unbelief of Israel killed their Messiah. Ouch. Yeah. There's got to be some kind of a penalty for that. I mean, I would think, right, for Israel to take the Messiah that, that was prophesied to come, and all of a sudden they crucified through their unbelief? Oh, was it? Well, well, didn't they know anything about it? Did they know that Jesus was going to cross? The disciples were right with him, walked with him. He told them what he was going to do, and they are still blind to it. Didn't know. Right? Didn't, didn't have a clue. So something must have come out of that. Somehow or another, they got some kind of a penalty because here's God going to the Gentiles. And what, it, what does it say on over here? To provoke them to jealousy. When you get on over and in Romans. Provoke them to jealousy. Through the unbelief, through their unbelief, Christ turns to the Gentile. And when you read on down there, I think that's Romans 11. You read on down there, and what does it say? For the sake of the gospel, and through the mercy that God has on you, you Gentiles, Israel has also obtained mercy, that we are all considered in unbelief, that all men Amen. can be saved. So there's none in the world standing right now in God's creation that he can't save Amen. and deliver from sin. Right. Change took place. It was only for Israel. It was Israel's Messiah. But they messed up a little bit, didn't they? But guess what? God gave them that slumber. Why, ain't that amazing? Ain't that crazy? You get to prophesy that you're, you know, you're told that you're going to get a Messiah. He's going to come and establish a kingdom, an everlasting kingdom, and, and, and fix Israel and all the mess. And then they turn around and kill him, and God turns to the heathen. And now all men, all men, and guess what? The Lord's getting ready to come get these heathens. <laughs> right? But guess what? We're not heathens anymore. He said there is no more Jew and Gentile, but there's the body of Christ, right? You're either in it or you're not. It's that easy. You can believe on him today, and you can be saved, or you can reject it, and you can... You know what's going to happen next? Yeah. If you die lost, you know where you're going. You've heard these preachers preach here for the last few weeks, and I don't think they cut any slack whatsoever. 
If you die lost, you're going to go straight into hell. It's as simple as that. So you don't teach it much, Chris. Oh, but I believe it. I believe it because it says it. Do I have any hope without Christ? No. I have none. All my hope is in Him. There is nothing else. There is no other name. I like what Brother Aaron was saying. He put all things under His feet. Where did He put them at? Under His feet. All things under His feet. There's nothing above Him. I know, do, you, do you notice that? Low. How low can you bow before somebody? That's on the ground, ain't it? They're under his feet. Amen. Under his feet. There ain't nothing above him. There's nothing that's going to tell him what to do. No. No, he's going to set things in order. You're going to stand before him, and he's going to look at you, and if you're in the body of Christ, he's going to say, come right on in. But if you don't know him, you don't want to be there. You're going to be crying for something else. Somebody hide me. Somebody hide me. Oh, Lord, don't, don't look at me in this position. Don't look at me in this shape, Lord. Hide me. And there's nowhere to hide. Amen. You're going to stand there for yourself. You ain't going to stand there. Nobody can be there. Mom, Dad can't be there with you. Brother, sister can't be there with you. You have to stand alone. But guess, I, I, I got good news, though. You don't have to go to hell. Good news today, we don't have to. Because Christ made us a way. We have a way out. Reach out, take his hand, believe in him. It's that easy. Man, you think about people that's already lost it, and they knew all they had to do was just trust him? Goodness sakes alive. And you're going to spend eternity because all you had to do was just trust him. They ain't going to be in there, oh, I'm in hell because I did this sin and I did that sin. I'm in hell because I didn't trust him. Amen. That's it. I'm in hell because if I just trusted him. Faith, the grain of a mustard seed can move mountains, it says. And all I needed to do was trust him, but I rejected it. That, that to me, is, is a greater hell than the fire. To know that you, you didn't have to go there. You rejected God's only son. Wow, but what about us? I'm glad because I didn't reject it. I didn't reject it. No, I didn't. Re- Whoo! I didn't reject it. Aren't you glad that you haven't rejected it? And that you believe today? And that the Lord has delivered you out of your ungodliness? And set you in a place that you are his people? He don't have to say, Todd, I'm sorry, buddy. You're the uncircumcision. I have to turn away from you. No, he's saying, come on in, Todd. There ain't no such thing anymore. Paul said, there ain't no circumcision or uncircumcision. Right? We can all have a part. I don't have to worry about my children. Lord can save them. He can save me. He can save mom and dad. He can save you. Yes. I'm just too ungodly. Nope, he can save you. I like what the brother's saying there. You're not out of his reach. You're not out of his love. Oh, I've been too mean. I'm just out of his love. No, you're not out of his love. He loves you just as much as he loves any of us. He went just as far for you as he did for me. He loves you, and he wants to save you. It's not his will that any, that, that any should perish. Why not believe? It's that easy.
Now, I don't know your hearts. Now, I hope everybody's saved and we're ready to go. And the Lord comes, we all fly out of here. Because it's going to happen one day. It's going to happen. I love you tonight. I appreciate this church so much and these ministers and how that they stand. They don't, they, they, you know, they study. They don't just get up here so you can see them. They, they study. They look at the Bible because, you know why? Because they're, they're very, it's a very serious thing, and they care about you. They want to see you saved. The more, the merrier. If we was backed out the door plumbing the road right there, I think that would be the greatest thing ever. I wish our, our biggest problem for the church was we didn't have the word park people. Right? Yeah. And I saw a minister. I'm going to be quiet here in a minute. And I, I went, you know, I'd like to jump in front of him, but I, mean, I, I believe in modesty. You should dress modest. I believe that. I saw this little video. And he was running that church down into the ground because of women that didn't dress that modest. He said, my deacons can't even concentrate on what they're doing because of the, uh, how hot you women are dressing. I thought to myself, my goodness, the deacons can't focus because of the hot women in the church. <laughs> I, I was trying to put... I said, he really said? I, I said, wait a minute now. Now, if the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders in their little skimpy outfits were lined up across this pews right here in front of us right there. And I can't focus on their souls and what they need in their life because they're too hot. Right. They ain't the ones with the problem. Amen. They ain't got the problem. That's right, brother. You know what I like to see in here? Load them up with Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Next row, let's get some homosexuals. Next row, let's get some people that's killed their lives with pills and drugs and all that yeah. on the next that's pews. Right. Yeah. And on the next pews, let's get some... Uh, perverts and yeah. uh, whatever else you can load in there that's yeah. sinful. Because this is where they need yeah. to be. Amen. And you think I'm going to look at one of them and say, you ain't dressed right. Get out of here. Come on, Chris. Now I'm going to say, come on in because guess what? Salvation is for all. Amen. And you can have it. I don't care how ungodly you are Amen. or what you look like or what you act like. The Lord will save you. Yeah. Right where you are, right in the ugly mess you're in. Yeah. Why? Because he did me. He did me. Yes, I think he saved you today. Yes, 